you know, in almost any of those situations, you're going to have some construction workers that might be in that trench. So, you know, making sure that they have a safe working environment and, and removing that water. Um. Welcome to It's Soil, Not Dirt, an interview-based podcast on all aspects of geotechnical engineering and sponsored by PRI Engineering, the experts of soil mechanics. We aim to come in under 20 minutes while diving deep into one question around a single topic. It's particle-sized and meaningful. I'm Jenna Jansen, your host, and today we're speaking with Arash Yazdani, the Director of Engineering from PRI Engineering, and we're joined by Eric Thurston, Program Manager for Materials Testing and Inspections, also from PRI Engineering. You may be familiar with Rasha's Danny. He has decades of experience in geotechnical engineering, and he's making a name for himself in his hometown of Lindsay, Ontario. He's also been moonlighting, teaching introduction to soil sampling at Fleming College. Eric Thurston is another Lindsay local. Eric has been practicing engineering across several disciplines for the past 12 years. And a not-so-secret superpower of his is his ability to find and improve on inefficiencies and processes which makes him amazing to have at PRI Engineering. And we're gonna have a lot more of Eric on the show in the future. And today's guest is very special. He's from, uh, he's also a local from the city of Corther Lakes region here in Ontario. And he's now back in the area after spending some time away. He's working as a project manager for a boutique groundwater consulting firm, Groundwater Environmental Management Services, or for short, GEMS. He specializes in dewatering assessments and permitting to support the, the Toronto construction industry and condo market. Mike has quite a very background in mining construction and geotechnical engineering, working at companies like Gold Corp, Elston, and Cambian before becoming a hydrogeologist. And as I, from I understand it, Mike Francis first took a shine to geology while competing in the provincial competition Envirothon during high school. We'll have to ask you a little bit more about that, Mike, later. But before we get to the main topic of today, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit more about your company. So, Mike Francis, can you talk a little bit more about uh, GEMS? Hi, Janet. Thank you for the introduction. I'm very excited to be here today with PRI and working with a past colleague to uh, do this podcast. A very interesting content and the previous episodes, and I'm honored to be on this episode. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm from GEMS, or Groundwater Environment Management Services, and we are a boutique firm that uh, is based out of Toronto. We have some operations in Sudbury and some operations in Ottawa, but we're pretty focused in the Toronto area and supporting the construction industry in Toronto and the GTA with our three pillars of service that we offer, which are ecology, hydrogeology, and environmental monitoring cool. and compliance. Uh, well, yeah, happy to have you on the show today, Mike. So we heard in the trailer about the, we might, we might just start at the beginning. We heard in the trailer about the environmentathon. So tell us, tell us about, how, tell us about that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as it was alluded to, I uh, started, I fell in love, I guess you'd say, with uh, geology and the natural environment uh, when I was in high school. Um, you know, started with a couple of classes uh, that I, I was fortunate to be able to take while I was in high school, such as 
earth and space science and an environmental resource management class. Um, from there, we got exposure to you know some of the local mines and geology around the area. Uh, the Lindsay Peterborough Kawartha area is um, you know full of all sorts of uh, post uh, or during and post glacial features and uh, some interesting uh, overburdened geology, I guess, or uh, superficial deposits. Um, and uh, yeah, from there, I kind of wanted to know like what else was out there for us. And there was uh, an opportunity to compete in uh, what is known as the Ontario Envirothon, uh, where, you know, there's a couple different topics that the team, um, you know, furthers their knowledge in. So it'd be soils, uh, aquatics, forestry, and then there was generally a special topic every year and you'd have your tight team that would compete against other schools. With this, you would get rank, like, all ranked or, or get a score based on like, yeah. what are, you, are you answering questions? Are you, you presenting? Yeah, absolutely. So there was a couple different components to the, the testing, I guess, of it. So there was some actual uh, application of theory and some written test, and then there was you know, practical components. So some soil ID, uh, you know, macro invertebrate ID from um, the aquatic organisms and um, animal ID from, you know, different forms, whether it be fur or scat or um, okay. those types of things. Yeah, okay. And then, uh, yeah, some years there was actually even kind of like... Um, Thanks, Mike, for talking a little bit about your company. It's always good to know what other companies are doing in the area and in Toronto. Um, and then I think it's time to get started really on our main topic of today. So I don't think everybody that is listening probably knows the full ins and outs of hydrogeology. So for everyone that's listening today, could you please give us a brief rundown of hydrology and why it's so important or even why we should be caring deeply about it as I'm sure you do. Casual conversation, yeah. You're not your your in laws don't ask how the hydrogeology is at the new place you just bought. So I mean, I get this question uh, more frequently than uh, you would think, but uh, I guess the the study or the area of hydrogeology isn't uh, you know well talked about through. Uh, so hydrogeology is um, you know an, an more of an emerging study coming out of uh, the environmental. Uh, consulting area and um, in the most general terms hydrogeology would be the uh, studying and application of interaction of water and more specifically groundwater with uh, overburdened soils and underlying bedrock materials. Thanks Mike that was probably one of the best and most succinctest descriptions of hydrogeology I've heard. If we could just add a little bit to that why should um, people care about that? And specifically, why should people in construction care about that? So keeping it light um, and not getting too technical on it, uh, hydrogeology is most important um, from a general perspective because people have uh, soil and there might be groundwater in it that they want to remove the water from, or they might have water that uh, they want to remove some soil from. Uh, more often in the construction world, it's uh, the, the first situation that I described where you're 
you know, people have parcels of lands that they're looking to uh, develop and have some form of excavation on there and then we need to be able to quantify the volume of groundwater that might um, fill into that excavation and we need to look at the quality of that water um, if we're going to take it out of that excavation and displace it or discharge it to somewhere else then we need to consider what the quality of that water is so we can make sure that it is getting discharged to the uh, the appropriate place. So basically this is really an issue for a lot of construction sites and I imagine a lot of construction sites um, here in Ontario and especially in Toronto because I, I know that there is a lot of groundwater moving throughout Toronto especially and if you look at like um, the topography you know there are tons of streams and so I imagine it's quite uh, complex. Um, maybe you could uh, speak to a little bit more about how this can be an issue in construction like what happens if you don't take care of this properly yeah absolutely so i mean there's kind of two components and that's uh the the proper evaluation of the the groundwater in construction and then and then dealing with it once you're you're aware of it and, and right now we'll take a look at um you know assessing it and evaluating the water so you know, circling back to that quantity and quality aspect of it, if you're putting an excavation in, in the ground, whether it's uh, a trench for doing some services work, water mains, sewer mains, or what have you, you know, in almost any of those situations, you're going to have some construction workers that might be in that trench. So, you know, making sure that they have a safe working environment and, and removing that water, um, for like a soil stability standpoint, um, you know, and then for putting footings on and whatnot, you want to have a nice, uh, dry, undisturbed soil base that you're putting your footings on. So, and they're looking at removing that groundwater from the soil and uh, yeah, figuring out where can that water go. As you mentioned, there's, um, lots of different groundwater systems in this area of Toronto. We have the Oak Ridges Moraine north of the, the city of Toronto or the greater Toronto area, which is you know regionally known as a groundwater recharge area. And then as you work your way towards Lake Ontario, generally that groundwater table is, you know, getting closer and closer to the surface as you are approaching and within you know what's regionally known as a as discharge area. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting, Mike. Uh, you know, we're all experts in our own fields, and a lot of times it's hard to see and appreciate what the other experts may may be looking at. And you know, you, you hit a couple points as a geotechnical engineer that really hits hits home for me, and it's sometimes sometimes baffling how little appreciation goes into dewatering and the you know the negative impacts that can have on your instability or base for a foundation or or just overall instability of a site for a slope uh, and other and other site features that that can get disturbed and can derail a construction project 
if these matters aren't thought about up front, there's significant costs that come into play, uh, change orders to contractors, or sorry, contracts, and, and ultimately can result in a very unsuccessful project. And I know that Eric could probably speak to that, you know. Yeah, Arash, specifically what I have seen make uh, very sizable roadblocks for projects previously is not accurately assessing the volume of water that you were anticipating discharging. Because Mike, you'd be more familiar with the, well, why don't you tell us more about the limits related to that? Because if you are to, as I, my understanding is, if you underestimate the volume of water that you are discharging and you, you, you trigger one of these, these permit volumes, you could potentially have your entire project stopped because nobody's working concrete in a lake. And maybe to just add to that, one of the one of the challenges is, you know, as you talked about those different levels and the different permits that are needed. Unfortunately, the eye, the eye of the developer, you're the bad guy. <laughs> if you know you push them into that certain threshold, right. but you know the change orders I spoke to and the construction challenges that Eric spoke to, those are going to cost more than a permit. If you don't do the permit up front. If you don't do, you know, the adequate studies up front and don't set up the project during the construction phase to adequately be executed, there's a, you know, a down, a downhill, very, very negative decline to the project, you know, production and yeah. schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's something that we at Gems try and think about right from the beginning, right? When we get that phone call from a client or that request for a quote, right? We, we want to break down some of that stigma around being the, so to say, bad guy, right? And we want to be the ones that are helping them. There's, there's a lot of uh, environmental rules and regulations in Canada and Ontario and, and, and for good measure, absolutely. Um, but you know as you said construction um, companies and developers you know look at those as red tape and red light and, and, and hurdles that they need to get over in order to get their development moving forward that's where gems specializes in they come in and we try and help speed up that uh, construction process and we try and think about those problems and situations uh, around the groundwater, you know, long before we get out there and get shovels in the ground. So then that way we can do a good environmental or hydrogeology assessment. We can quantify and uh, qualify the, the water that's going to come out. And if there's permits that are needed, you know, we get on top of that right away, identify them prepare a really good assessment and submit applications to the varying regulatory agencies to get those approvals moving and try not to look at the approvals as a big roadblock and look at it more as something that you know needs to be done to complete or to try and look at it as something that needs to be done to protect our environment and work to protect the environment and protect that relationship with uh, the contractor, the developer, as well as trying to limit their risk. Yeah, risk, risk is the, the magic word in construction. And I think 
developers and contractors that actively try to identify that and mitigate it, they will have a successful project. You know, and I hate to say it, and I know there's a lot of developers that are gonna be very frustrated with me for saying this, but those that are cheap will pay the price yeah. in the long run. And it's not just financial, it's opportunity loss. When you're dealing with something like excavation and subsurface works, there's, there's also health and safety risk that is associated with, you know, not adequately defining the, 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 you know, the excavation parameters, the dewatering parameters, which could result in fatality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, fatality would be the worst case scenario. Um, financial risk is another, uh, you know, a large concern. Uh, so on, on that note, Mike, so the, the risks associated with discharging water that does not meet water quality requirements Correct me if I'm wrong here, but that can be that can be a sizable fine from from the ministry. It could be a sizable fine. It's also if you get your site shut down, right? The the construction delays. You get all this equipment, all these contractors and uh, construction personnel on site ready to do work, and if you didn't properly assess that, and now you're looking at trying to discharge more groundwater than what you thought, or the the quality of it is worse, and you need to pump the brakes on your construction project, like that can be very costly to a developer or to a general contractor um, when you're now you know, trying to chase down permits. And a prime example of that might be a permit to take water. It has an automatic 90-day review window, right? So you get on a construction site and you have a, a hydrogeology, maybe, maybe a hydrogeology report that's been poor, maybe poorly written, and um, the next thing you know, you're, you're getting into a situation where you might have more groundwater than expected. So you could have, um, you know, encountered some artesian aquifers or even just a, a sandier seam that has a, more water than, than expected. And it puts you over that threshold to require a permit to take water. Well, you might have a situation where all that equipment's just sitting there for 90 plus days while you try to pull this application together and have the ministry review it. Right, and that's that's 90 days at a minimum, and that's assuming that you can produce something instantaneously. Your, your team is going to need time to either mobilize and complete uh, your assessment or at the very least review historical documents, match that up with with uh, contemporary observations at the project site. And so, uh, yeah, uh, 90 plus days of material on site, work not being completed, and all of the uh, management headache that's gonna come with reorganizing all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And then as you mentioned from like, the groundwater quality aspect of it, right? Um, you're taking that water out of the ground, it's got to go somewhere and there's only a few options of where that water could possibly be diverted to. So you might be looking at discharging to a natural environment. So, you know, if you're exceeding the parameters uh, of the criteria for discharging the natural environment, you know, you're looking at uh, a fine or shutting down your construction. We decided to split this podcast in two. In the second part, Mike Francis, Arashias, Danny, and Eric Thurston continue the conversation on hydrogeology and discuss the specific example of Toronto. It just gets more exciting from here on in. Now, thanks to all of our listeners. 
If you liked It's Soil Not Dirt, then don't forget to follow us on your favourite platform. You can also find more information about the company sponsor, PRI Engineering, online at PRIEngineering.com or by following us on LinkedIn. And don't forget, it's soil, not dirt.